You're listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. I'm joined here by a good friend of mine who um, I've been meaning to get on the show for a long time. He was giving me a hard time right before we started recording about how it took this long. But uh, today we have Parker Stone. With, he is the principal at Clear Bay Capital. So, Parker, welcome to the show, and uh, thanks so much for joining. Sterling, thanks so much for uh, finally having me on. I've uh, I've been asking this guy for probably a better part of a year to get on the show, and and I was so pumped to get on, and I I learned right before this Grant Cardone canceled like last yeah. minute, so I'm I'm his replacement. <laughs> you know, so it's funny. My my friends always get so offended because like when they want to get on the show, I send them the schedule, like the calendar link. And they're like, dude, yeah. what the hell is this? Like I have to schedule like with the calendar to meet with you. But yeah. I just like it, it. It's, it's all automated the way it sets it up and puts it on both of our calendars. So I just do it that way. But um, for those of y'all that are listening, I actually met uh, Parker, I guess, has it been a year now? Um, it's been close to a year, man. Yeah, we we're uh, working together on the uh, Noonan uh, syndication deal that that we we closed on earlier this year. So uh, Parker and his team over at Clear Bay were actually uh, the group that that found um, found that that deal in Noonan. So we've been working together. I mean, uh, uh, multiple times a week for for going on a year. And uh, him and his partner over there are, are awesome guys, and I've really enjoyed working with them and getting to know them. So um, we'll get to that and and i really want to hear about all the cool things you guys are doing to find uh, our next deal in, in in the acquisition space with uh, apartment syndication but let's uh back up a little bit let's hear your whole story um where what do you do what your you know what did you start doing how did you start getting into real estate why did you start getting into real estate and uh, kind of how did that you know walk us through your journey and how that transformed into kind of what you're doing today yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't first get into multifamily. I started, I think, like a lot of other investors in in single family. Um, you know, at, at the time, I was working at a company, and it was like my uh, like my first job out of college, and I was so excited to get in there and, and make a difference. And for for our um, listeners who aren't for our listeners who are not watching on YouTube, Parker's about twenty two. <laughs> and, uh, how Just old sorry are you for my facial hair. Uh, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I, I got into the the workforce. I was excited, and you know, it was a good company. I, I enjoyed myself there. But like two months in, there was you know just a huge layoff, and you know, like half my, uh, <laughs> you know, half my department was gone. Like within you know four months on a job, and um, you know, it was tough, man. You, you always hear this stuff, but you know, mentors getting laid off, you know, some of your good friends that you made no longer showing up at work. It was, it was tough. Um, so then I was like, you know, I, I really need to, you know, find other ways to create passive income. Um, so I, uh, you know, I'm pretty analytical. So I like looked online and I'm like, could we do like franchising or could we do, you know, all these, all these other different schemes. And, um, I came across bigger pockets and that's where I, you know, first started learning about, um, you know, buying places at, you know, good prices, forced appreciation, um, you know, and, and renting them out for, for cash flow. Um, so, so at the time my, my brother was going to school down at NC state and that's in Raleigh. Right. And, you know, I, I mm-hmm. did a lot of research and Raleigh is one of you know, 
fastest growing areas. Um, so I, you know, I flew down there. I started to look at some of the markets, and and actually the very uh, the very first place I, I ended up buying, I was I was just walking around the neighborhood. Um, I you know I dragged my brother out. I'm like, yeah, this this is like a good place. Like you know, prices are affordable here. We can get appreciation. We can get rent. And this uh, this guy popped his head out the door. He's like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, and I was like, you know, I'm looking to to buy a place. And he's like, oh well. I need to sell this place really quickly. My my wife just made me buy a <laughs> buy a house with a bigger yard for our dog. I need to uh, <laughs> I need to sell this quickly. So uh, so let's make a deal. So that's how uh, that's how we got our first property. Nice. Um, that yeah. never happens, by the way. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, and yeah, it, yeah, it was it was he had to make a deal quickly. Right. So we, uh, we got a good price where, um, we're looking to ultimately sell that place and, you know, a few of our others in our portfolio to, you know, eventually roll in the multifamily and it's, you know, it's pretty crazy just how much things have appreciated down there and just a handful of years. Right. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, even down here where we have like a super stagnant market, I was amazed at how some of my properties have appreciated that I didn't even fix up, like not even forced appreciation, just like set, sitting there over three years yeah. and you go revisit them and it's doubled in value. It's like, well, how the hell did that happen? But so I can yeah, only we, imagine in rally because I know how, how aggressive the growth is over there. Can you walk us through some of the numbers on some of those first deals? Yeah. Um, so, so that was our first deal. Um, one of the following, that was probably our best. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm based in New York, right? And at the time I was down in New York City. Um, so I had to, you know, I had to build and, networks pretty quickly, and right? Did you say, just to back up, did you say you were partnering with your brother on these deals and he lived in Raleigh? Yeah. Yeah. Which, okay. which helped, um, yeah. you know, cause, cause we started to, you know, make contacts with brokers or well, I guess realtors for single family, right. Realtors, you know, contractors, property managers. And that's how we started to get, you know, more leads coming in the door and, you know, it's helpful to have some family down there. It's like, Hey, I, I have sure. this lead. Can you run over after work and, and check it out? Um, but yeah, probably one of our better ones, we, um, we bought it from this wholesaler on, um, I think it's called Tria, like triangle real estate investment group down there. Mm -hmm. Um, and they just post deals, uh, you know, most of them aren't good, but I saw this when I was familiar with the area, she was selling it for, she was selling it for a hundred thousand. So we could buy it for a hundred thousand. We put, um, we put about 20 K in, we finished the basement. Um, we, it was by the university. So we were focusing on student rentals. So, mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden put in a kind of a bedroom in the basement that, that could be another five, $600 a month. Um, so we did that and then we're going to sell it this year and it, it'll, it'll probably come in around two ten, oh, uh, nice. conservatively. So, so yeah, that, that should net us about like 90,000 or so. And um, over how long of a period was that? That wasn't that long ago. I think that was like two years ago. Okay. Two and a half. Yeah. And if you had it, you've had it rented out this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first, like first couple of years, it was, uh, or first year of students, second year is like young professionals. And how much uh, transitioning to the workforce. 
How much rent were you getting for it? Um, that one was maybe 13, 1400. I, I think the best one we did was like 1600. Um, and you know, rents are actually going up quite a bit now that might not be too far above market, but, uh, normally we probably would have only been able to get like 1200 or so for it. Okay, cool. So did that cover all of your expenses and some additional cash flow, or were you close to breaking even on that? It did. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the one that ran out for 1600, I think probably all in, it was maybe, maybe 1200 that probably included a little bit of reserves for like repair and, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, so we, we ultimately found out like student rentals, it, it was just a good way to, to increase cash flow because, you know, most, most properties down in Raleigh, they're, I mean, even back then they were under the 1% rule they're, now they're probably much you know, much lower than that. Um, but yeah, it, you know, single family in general, like you can, you can definitely do it. Certainly. I know you're doing it with your 250 property portfolio in Baton Rouge, <laughs> but, uh, you know, in, in general, it's pretty, pretty hard to, and, um, that's, that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, I, I want to transition more to multifamily. Yeah. I, I will say that, um, with a lot of the houses, um, you know, I always like to pull the money out and, and my thought process is I could reinvest in like it, a, so in like a refi, right? In a refi. So well, well, I yeah. pull, I pull all the money out. So like, if I like, let's say I buy a house for, you know, a hundred and I put 20 into it and then like it appraises for, you know, 200 and I can pull 80% out. I can pull, you know, 160 out. Now, if I pull that 160 out, like chances are it's not really going to cash flow that great. But I've got an extra $40,000, right? Whereas if I pulled only pulled the 120 back out at a, like a lower LTV, it would probably cash flow better. And but my logic every time I come to those scenarios, it's like, dude, how many months at like $200 a month is it going to take for me to get my hands on $40,000? You know what I mean? When I could go invest it in something else. And um, so, I mean, that that, that's always been my kind of logic around that is just to keep the ball rolling. But um, well, that's a that's a great transition point. Then Um, tell us about how you went from the single family space to the multifamily space, what attracted you to it, how you started learning about it and then kind of how that's, that's evolved along the way. Yeah. So like I mentioned, being in New York, you, you can't just go over and you know drive to your property to see how they're doing. So we needed to start making contacts, connections. And I, I did a lot of that through, you know, like bigger pockets and the websites like that. So I started, you know, posting, questions and some answers. And, um, you know, I, on my profile, I think it's like new, New York, New York, but investing in like Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, so, you know, great way to meet people. Um, you know, I, I highly encourage anyone that's new, just like get out there, start, you know, messaging people, saying hi, seeing what people are doing. Um, but anyway, so that's how I ultimately found, um, my partner. He, so I was investing in, in Raleigh, North Carolina areas. Um, he saw I was in New York and he messaged me and he's like, Hey, you know, sounds what you're doing is cool. I, I love the area. Let's, you know, let's get beers sometime and, and talk about how it's going down there. Um, 
so that's that's how we that's how we first met and at the time uh i was like single family all the way like i can <laughs> he was forced appreciation play i can i can do uh i can do the sterling chapman way to wealth uh and do that and then you know i started i started talking to him and he uh you know he's in he's in private equity uh, in real yeah. estate so you know he, he described like these you know very large deals that they take down in daily basis and you know the benefits of it and and you know you mentioned he was looking for multifamilies to add to his personal portfolio and my first reaction was like can you can you do that as an individual is that, <laughs> is that legal like i mean i mean sure financially like i i, I get it but like there, there's got to be some rule or something that prevents you <laughs> from doing that <laughs> Um, and, and he assured me like it was totally legal. It was totally fine. And, uh, so yeah, so he's, I, I, he's, he's, he's pretty compelling too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, so I was, so, you know, after that, I was like, wow, that sounds like a great idea. Um, and yeah, but I mean, you know, I was like, no, I'll still, you know, focus on single family for now. I think we you know, even since then bought a few more. Uh, since that conversation, but um, I was, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, okay, how can I, you know, cool guy, like, how can I add value here? Right. And, you know, all these contacts and, you know, people I've met at different like real estate events, I, you know, flew down into Raleigh to, to say hi to people. Right. I, you know, you would meet people in multifamily space, you would meet different brokers. So I, uh, so I ultimately kind of pulled out my notes and I, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I, I met a couple people in multifamily and I was like, Hey, you know, let's, let's set up this call. Cause it seems like, you know, there's mutual interest here. And, and we just started talking and, um, and yeah, I mean, we talked to some brokers and like, yeah, well, you know, come to find out we have some deals and, you know, I think like Fayetteville and Raleigh and, you know, let's, let's talk through it. And, um, you know, we, we started to work together, kind of analyzing some of the deals. Um, I would, you know, I would say, I'll go run down this number. I'll go do diligence here. And he said the same thing and we'd meet back up and um, we had both done what we said we were going to do. And I think that built a lot of trust, you know, kind of being in the, the trenches in those first few deals. Um, and nothing, unfortunately, ever actually materialized. We never, we never locked down any of those properties, but I think we both kind of realized we had someone, um, you know, smart, intelligent, we liked working with and we could trust, you know, to do things on these deals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so yeah, we, you know, kind of just started this partnership working together more or less naturally. Um, and <laughs> we got, you know, at one point we got kind of uh, sick and tired of, you know, trying to get these on market deals and, uh, it's just, I mean, you know, it's just so competitive sure. now. Um, you know, we, we were talking the other day, like people are starting to offer like sub four caps on, you know, oh, yeah. like big it's, cities. It's, it's nuts out there with, with like multiple percentage, uh, hard day one. And I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. We, um, uh, we were, we were talking about, you know, going to best and final for, you know, this, uh, this one property, not too long ago in Atlanta, we liked, and they're like, okay. Um, so upon signing the PSA, we'd like 150,000 down day one. Um, yeah. you know, and then, you know, you got 30 days to close and like, or 30 <laughs> days to do diligence, and like 15 more days yeah. to close. And 
and you got to really, <laughs> you got to really love that property. Right. Um, so anyways, yeah. So, so, you know, especially newer guys coming into this, this specific multifamily market, um, you, you know, you, you've heard the phrase like real estate, it's not an asset class. Right. So he's got, you know, he had a lot of experience with these, you know, very large, like three, 400 unit deals. I had a lot of experience with these like single family deals, but you know, this like 50 to 150, 200, um, it's, you know, even then it's a very different ball game than, you know, both those. Sure. Um, so we didn't have, we didn't have any track record coming in. So we decided, you know, why not contact directly? Um, so we enlisted some VAs, we pulled lists, we pulled data, um, and we just began, you know, calling owners by the cell phones, you know, landlines, most of them were wrong numbers, but here and there we'd, uh, we'd get someone that, you know, would be at least willing to, to talk to us. And so and this was, on. this was you making the phone calls or the virtual assistants were making the phone calls? Well, yeah, it started out us, um, nice. you know, and then, you know, you, you make a hundred, 90 of them were, you know, wrong numbers or property managers that had no idea what you're talking about. Right. You know, nine, <laughs> nine were people that just immediately hung up. And then there was like one guy that was like, yeah, call me back tomorrow. And then <laughs> did it, did, did it while I talk. So, yeah. So, so that was how we started. That's clearly a pretty brutal way to go about sure. you know, trying to make contacts. Um, so we got a, a dialer that can make a multitude of phone, phone calls at once. We put virtual assistants, we gave them a script. Um, we were honestly just, we had a script and, you know, in a perfect world, it would be like, are you interested? Yes. Okay. Like launch into this script. No. And then like try sure. to talk them back into it. But at the end, it really just became like, is anybody willing to stay on the phone for a few minutes and <laughs> entertain this idea? Right. Um, so, yeah. So, so we just started calling, I think, you know, I was looking back at the, the notes and I think we made probably at, at, at least like 10,000 calls between wow. all the different owners, the I was, multiple redials. Right. I was talking at, um, you know, I had that meetup last night. Uh, we hosted yeah, yeah. down in Baton Rouge and one of the, we were, we, at, at some point we were kind of like on a little panel up front answering questions and somebody was like asking me like what my most effective like marketing was and the question was around like direct to owner marketing. And I'm like, well, uh, nothing. I've never done anything successful. Like, like I've sent out, I've, I've made call, cold calls. I've sent out text messages and I've like sent out um, post-it notes or whatever, but like nobody's ever called me from any of that. Or, you know, I've never got any deals from any of that. And like, realistically, it's because I never got to like 10,000 like calls. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. you have to do so much of that. And people don't realize like you have to send tens of thousands of calls, tens of thousands of, 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 you know, it's like, it's not just like I'm going to send out three or 400, you know, note cards and some three people are going to call me back and one of them's going to buy. I know it's, it's such a numbers game. I mean, even in ads, I was reading somewhere like, you know, digital ads, you mm -hmm. guys spend at least like a few thousand, three or 4,000 a yeah. month. Like yeah. just to have like any, any traction whatsoever. Um, so yeah, which is anyways, so it's, it's such a numbers game. It's, it's very hard. I think it's like over 95% of transactions happen on market. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that's why we're starting to build out our, you know, kind of our broker relationships and, and trying to, you know, eventually submit more LOIs on market. Um, but anyways, so, but how we found the, the deal in Atlanta is we were, you know, cold calling. And again, I, I had contacts and property in Raleigh and my partner was interested in Raleigh. So we were, we were calling property owners in the Raleigh market. Um, we, you know, we ended up contacting this one gentleman and, and he's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I, I'm in New York city. My partner's in Hong Kong. Uh, we're not, we're not selling this Raleigh property, but, um, we were LPs, limited partners, um, you know, like silent partners, right. On this, sure. on this deal in Atlanta, uh, the, the general partner we pledged our capital with, he, you know, for whatever reason, only finished a portion of the renovation he thought he was going to. And, and, you know, it was just a bad situation. So they ultimately kicked him out of the partnership. And, um, so now we're stuck with this property in Atlanta. We're, we're not super interested in, um, you know, name a price We'll we'll be willing to work with you to, you know, to essentially get out of the deal. And, and that's how we, I mean, that's how we found the property. Um, which is funny because I've since talked to uh, brokers in Atlanta and, you know, one of the ways I, I try to, you know, pique their interest is like, Hey, you know, we bought a property in Atlanta earlier this year. We, yeah, you know, yeah, got yeah. it off market. Um, but you know, we're, we want more deal flow. So like, let's, let's talk with what you have. And, and I, I usually get a lot of explicit is explicit. <laughs> language like how how the heck did you find that property i must have called it hundreds dozens of times uh yeah um and and that's why because you know the 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 magic phone number was on you know was a total different property and and a total different market they probably never thought about reaching nice um yeah yeah so that's that's how we got the property um not sure how much you've told your listeners, but it's going great. There were, you know, nine units down to the studs, um, pretty rough shape. We came in there, um, fixed them all up, getting rents. I mean, we targeted, we were underwriting, we knew it'd be conservative, right? We were targeting like a thousand dollars or so. And, um, you know, the latest market analysis, we could probably push it up close to 1300, right? Yeah. That's huge. It's so yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's it. If you know, when you when you think about you know your P and L, right? Like, what's what's the single biggest number on it, right? It's it's that top line. Sure. Um, so even even a small percentage adjustment on it can you know obviously make a huge difference or, or more an outsized impact than than like any other line item on it. Yeah. So. Yeah, no that that Noonan has been an absolute home run. It's every t- it's like it's like a the gift that keeps on giving with the good news story. Um, yeah. What where uh, and it's and, and we always talk about how how hard it is to recreate in this market as competitive as it is right now. What are you guys doing? Are y'all are you you said you're building out your um, broker relationships and and kind of trying to create a system to analyze more deals to be able to submit more LOIs. Are you exclusively going the broker out now or do you still, are you still doing the off market thing as well? 
We're putting a lot of effort in to the broker route, um, but we still definitely want to keep calling. And um, it, it's interesting. We'll, we'll analyze a, a property in a market. And again, rent is the biggest variable, arguably, right? Like, you know, sure. even $25 in, in rent that you miss or overachieve can, can really impact the numbers. Um, so we spend a lot of time when we're looking at deals, pulling comparables and seeing what they're renting for. Um, so, you know, in our analysis, we'll, we'll keep track of, um, you know, maybe the average rent in area is 1100. Um, but there's this one comparable that's renting for 975. Everything else looks, you know, perfect about the property. Right. But for whatever reason, the owner hasn't, you know, they, they don't, they'd rather just have it hundred percent occupied or they, sure. you know, they're just, they, they've taken their pulse off the market. People um, don't re- realize there's, you know, especially when you get into like the mom or pops, you know, mom and pop type property managers or property owners that like raising rent can be challenging from an, like an emotional standpoint, because you just, you get anxious when things sit vacant. And you just you like so many people are so willing to drop it early to just keep it filled versus really testing the market. And that's how rents go unraised for so many years because everybody's afraid to test the market. They just want a warm body in there to make sure, you know, they're covering their baseline. Yeah. Or, you know, they've kind of gotten distracted. And I mean, if, if, if you're distracted for a month or two and, in this climate, you're going to be missing a, a big percentage of rent increase, right? Because because right now rents are going up so fast, pretty much across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know the the third reason might be you know maybe they're just undercapitalized. Like maybe it's a a classic unit that you know is, is under market, and if they spend you know twelve fifteen thousand right. per unit, they could get a huge rent bump, but you know, they may just not have the capital or, or willpower to, you know, go through that operation. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think there's, you know, still opportunity in the market. And, you know, we, we've even seen a couple uh, OMs offer memorandums from brokers that, you know, usually usually you see numbers that you're like, how, how the heck do they think we're going to hit that number? <laughs> but there's been a couple OMs where, you know, we, we think again, rents going up so fast, it's arguably a little conservative and, you know, those are the ones we're, we're really trying to target now. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, so that's a little bit of, of how we're thinking of maybe trying to, to target more off market properties. And then, um, on market, we, um, we pulled a big list of data. We kind of know for each of our, our target markets, which in generally are in the, the Southeast, the, fast Southeast growing markets. We're able to see which brokers have done over like the past 12, 18 months have done the most deals, deal size, um, kind of some other specifics that we're interested in. Um, so we kind of pulled those, those brokerages and we're, um, you know, slowly uh, making phone calls, reaching out, introducing ourselves and, you know, getting on their lists, you know, kind of, talking a little bit more about what we're interested in. And, um, and that's how, that's kind of how we're building the relationship, trying to increase that deal flow. And then on the backside, we've got 
virtual assistants, we created uh, what we affectionately call the uh, the first pass model, yeah. um, which is kind of like a, a simplified uh, analysis where there's maybe like 10, 15 inputs that we turn the VAs to input. Um, and then the final piece is just having them analyze the market and then we'll analyze our analysis to, sure. to see what, what rents ultimately will, will kind of be. But um, that's, that's kind of what we've been building out. And it's, it's really helping us, you know, take our ability to analyze, you know, a handful of properties a week to, you know, 10, 15, 20 or so. Um, awesome. and, and I think, you know, that's kind of what it takes in this market to, to be able to yeah. find a deal. Absolutely. So what, what, is your advice for somebody that's looking to get started? Yeah, I, um, that's a good question. I, I would say, you know, just start building, building your network. Um, try to find partnerships. I think when I, you know, kind of started out, there were, you know, certain people that are like, well, stay away from partnerships. Like it's, you know, people are crazy. It can get dangerous, but I, you know, I would say arguably it's, it's probably more dangerous or more oh, risky yeah. to, to, to sure. go out on your own and, and do yeah. it. Um, and I mean, for me personally, um, as an individual, that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I really want to get into multifamily just cause it's, you can structure it so much more easily in a partnership and, and bring in multiple team members and, and have a line item for property management versus single family. It's, it's not always the case if, if you don't have scale like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to hop over to our radio round. Um, just three questions to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. First question is what's your favorite book? Yeah. Um, I thought you might ask that. I, so I, <laughs> I don't necessarily have a favorite book. I, probably the one I, I recommend for a lot of people. I, I made my siblings go sit down and read it. It's a uh, set for life by uh, okay. Scott Trench. I interviewed um, Scott. I interviewed Scott Trench on this show. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I met him at, I met him at Joe Fairless's conference that we're going to, uh, hope February, right. Right. In, in February. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a good book. Um, I think, I think he's a lot, got a lot of great mentality for, you know, someone younger starting out to, you know, get, get yourself set up into a position where you can kind of take these bets like we did with Noonan sure. and, and ultimately succeeded. Awesome. What's your, uh, what's your favorite quote? Yeah, I, I had to look it up beforehand, um, but it's so it's attributed to Jack Ma. Um, I, I'm not going to promise it's actually by him, but it's uh, there are people less qualified than you doing things you want to do simply because they decided to take action. Nice. Um, nice. I, yeah, I love it. I, I don't know. It's, that's a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? Yeah, I uh, I'm in a few different leagues. I, I play beach volleyball, well, sand volleyball. We don't have the beach up here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great to it's great to get out. Um, just enjoy the weather. Play pickup basketball like Wednesday nights. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, cool. Well, Parker, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I really enjoyed it. And hopefully uh, at some point in the future, we can get your partner on here. Uh, I've I've yeah, loved wor- yeah, loved sure. working with you guys over the last year. Absolutely enjoyed. Um, you know, something that I don't know if I've ever said this really stuck with me when we first met and we were kind of like it was almost like a like one of those speed dating things where you're like trying to get to know people if you like want to work with them or not, you know, like feeling out the people. And like yeah. it was we were, we were asking you like what you were looking for and you made the comment. You're like, I just want to work with people that like I enjoy working with. Like, I just want to hang out with cool people that I like being around. It wasn't like, it wasn't like coin driven. It wasn't like, you know, I need somebody who's going to do this. This is like, I just want to hang out with cool people. Like I just want to work with people. And that like, that really stuck out to me to where like, I really like tried to change to the point where like, I want to make sure all of our interactions, like, we're, in, we're like, we're, we're cool people to work with, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, just you saying that made me like focus on trying to be like a, a better partner, you know what I mean? A better teammate. So that always stuck out to me. I don't think I ever told you that, but, uh, but that was cool. So I, uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll see you uh Tuesday night in our regular meetup. And, um, we, uh, we look forward to, uh, to, to doing more deals together and, and following your journey. Yeah. Thanks, man. No, it's, uh, it's been great working with you. Um, you know, again, on our side, we're definitely more analytical. I think, you know, without, without Sterling, we'd probably still be picking out which siding to put on. the building. <laughs> <right now. laughs> um, yeah. So you're, uh, no, you're definitely a cool person to work with, man. And I, uh, look forward to doing a bunch more deals with you real quick. How can our listeners find out more about clear Bay capital? Go to our website, clearbaycapital.com. Um, you can sign up for our, our monthly newsletter. We've got some you know really great blog posts. Um, email me at pstone at clearbaycapital.com. Um, we're rolling out the, the model I talked about. Our, our first pass model can help you analyze deals a lot quicker. Um, but if you want the beta version, you know, send, me a, send me a message. I'd be happy to uh, connect you and, and walk you through it. And you can also follow them on Instagram. They have very comprehensive, yes. well thought out yeah. Instagram post. <laughs> yes, we spend we spend way too much time talking. About <laughs> <laughs> like what image we want on it? And- I bet. I bet. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Y'all have a good one. Thanks, man. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show, brought to you by Crestworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at crestworthcapital.com or rentrollradio.com or follow us on Facebook at rentrollradio or at Crestworth Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at rentrollradio.com or sterling at crestworthcapital.com. We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing.